Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. It has been another crazy week in sports from another epic NFL playoff weekend. College hoops is heating up. If you need any further proof, go back and find anything on the Texas Texas Tech game yesterday nuts insane a little shout out to Hope College Women we gave them a little love here a few weeks ago they were riding the third longest streak in NCAA Division 3 women's history that ended at 61 games but they've restarted a new one so we wish them luck the rest of the way and to the men's team in first place in the MIAA good for you boys uh, Tom Brady says bye bye NFL Speaking of the NFL, they've got a you-know-what storm brewing with Flores and all the stuff that's going there. Don't think we're going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Is Jimmy heading to the Vikings? Can he coexist with Kirk? Of course, Cousins beat Michigan before Jimmy was there, but can they coexist? Will they coexist? I don't know, man. Lots of stuff to talk about. Let's go to the podium. Ryan, the lectern is yours. Uh, Yeah, I'm not one to usually have negative... um podiums, but I will today. Um, it's something that I came across um, on, on my Twitter feed, uh, I think it was last night, and then um, this this other thing, it was about a, a month ago I saw it and thought it was stupid, and uh, this propelled me to talk about it. So um, James Madison, who's in the Colonial Conference right now, um, Colonial Athletic, whatever conference, um, and Stony Brook in the America East, um, both schools are going to move conferences at the end of this academic year. So 2022-23 will be their first. James Madison moving to the Sun Belt. Stony Brook moving to the Colonial um, to take James Madison's place. Both have been barred from any postseason um, uh, conference tournament for the rest of the year by, by their, the conference they're in now. What, what is this? This is unacceptable. Why is this a thing? Texas and Oklahoma are moving conferences. You don't see them getting penalized for it. I'm trying to think. There's Loyola is moving conferences next year. They're not being penalized. I, I just don't get this. I don't know why these conferences are doing this. Kids, these kids did nothing wrong. Um, you know, that's their only way into the big dance when it comes to men's and women's basketball. Uh, I just don't get it. Sony Brook actually was in the tournament a few years ago. Um, I, it just makes me mad. I don't get why they're being left out of these conference tournaments. I think they should boycott and. Someone on Twitter said they should have a five-game series um, between the two to see who plays in the NIT, but that's just the NIT. But I, I think that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Why keep these kids away from playing in the in more games and a postseason potential postseason berth because you're moving conferences? Usually, it's a financial decision, not because we hate the conference. It's a financial decision that's best for the school. Point in case. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to weigh in on that one. It's the NCAA and conferences really more so being themselves and being greedy, being whatever, and being just stupid and not putting the student athlete first. So speaking of, well, we'll say athletes, I very highly doubt this quote-unquote student athlete actually went to class, didn't matriculate to any class yeah, favorite topic the last couple weeks here on the pod. I believe we teed he and his papa up last week, Imani Bates. So if you missed the news, well now the headline is because it was sort of a Michigan State source, but former MSU basketball commit Imani Bates, future in flux. That's the one headline that I've got. But here's the here's the tweet. 
Sources, Amani Bates will not play in Memphis's game at Cincinnati on Thursday, and his future with the program has suddenly come into question. Huh. Hmm. Bates, you're whining about your playing time. You're whining about somebody picking you as a 23rd pick. Most kids would kill to be a top 23 pick in the NBA draft. You spend more time saying, look at me, dog, throwing Izzo under the bus, throwing Michigan State under the bus, throwing everybody under the bus but you, and you and your dad are left out in the cold. Go play overseas, dude. Get out of my face. I've said it from the very beginning. You were overrated. You ain't no unicorn. You're 6'10 with shorter than average arms for your height that has guard skills. So what? Marcus Bingham has guard skills. Anybody who's 6'10, 6'11 and is skinny these days has guard skills. You weren't the first. You're not going to be the last. You're not a unicorn. And I could tell just by watching your games with your body language that you had, sorry, no future. Maybe you'll prove me wrong in a few years when you grow up and mature, go play in Australia, go play somewhere overseas, maybe kind of like one of the balls did and and finally kind of brought his game back to life. I don't remember if it was the one who got kicked out of UCLA or what, whatever. That's a similar situation. I'm sorry, Imani. Yeah, you're quote-unquote a kid, but you're overrated. You chased money. You don't want to be coached. You ran a guy like Aikens out of your fake program in Ypsilanti. And, oh, by the way, Aikens is playing key minutes for Michigan State. Not as a huge bucket getter or whatever, but as a guy that makes hustle play after hustle play, you have none of that in your game. Just get out of college basketball. Be my guest. Go play in the G League. Go play overseas. Go to the NBA for all I care because the NBA, in my opinion, is bad basketball anyway. There's a bunch of prima donnas standing around chucking and diving. I've had it with you. I hope you don't come back and play again. Stop trying to grab headlines. You're a waste of space. Grow up, young man. Speaking of headline grabbers, this just came across my Twitter feed. Jim Harbaugh called Michigan to inform the school that despite interviewing with the Vikings today, he will be returning to the school for 2022, sources tell ESPN. Michigan was elated in the words of one source um, from Jim Harbaugh's decision. Speaking of clowns. Really? So he was probably trying to play that all in? He said, well, he said that he... Was very excited about the job on Saturday, but he has since changed his mind. My bet is they didn't want to offer him the job because mm-hmm. they think he's a crazy piece of crap. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's been rumors, too, as we get a little off cycle, but there were rumors, too, about Miami. But then Miami is in question because Stephen Ross being accused of things by Brian Flores. Ross, for those who don't know, is a Michigan guy. He wants Harbaugh. Who knows? Whatever. I, fine. Stay. Stay. You're three and four against Michigan State and beat our worst teams, you know, in those victories. Uh, you can't beat Ohio State. You had one good year. Fine. Stay. I mean, I don't know what your options were going to be anyway, like Mark, Mike Hart or whatever. I mean, like that was going to be any better. Fine. Stay. That's all I can say. We could tee him up for that and for the clown show that he is, but. I'm going to handle tea up this week. Um, sometimes it's really easy to find stuff. Sometimes it's not. I just happened to catch this on the radio the other day, randomly, listened to Sirius XM, The Highway, and they had, like, I don't know, Tara Lipinski or some figure skating commentator on the morning show. And what caught my attention was, because as you know, Olympics start this week. They're in Beijing. Um, what caught my attention is they said, so are you, you know, scared to travel to Beijing? And she's like, well, no, you know, I was mitigated through that and all this stuff and laxed, whatever you want to be. And no, we're not going. And I'm thinking to myself, you're not going. Why? Well, they're going to call it from the studio in Connecticut. Now, that's that's not unprecedented. They did that last year for the for the open, the British open. Um stupid if you ask me it's ridiculous and not everybody was in there but so you're you're gonna pay these commentators to sit in a studio in Stamford, connecticut and watch it on tv and relay it to us okay and here's the kicker and this is why the tee up they had to she was talking about they had to quarantine and this is not just the figure skating commentators i believe this is most of the the big sport commentators that are indoor anyway they still had to quarantine for 10 days in connecticut coming in from out of state despite being vaccinated or whatever they are what in the hell if you're going to do that why not just go to beijing is COVID different there than it is here for those who are afraid of it no it's the same thing 
don't go eating any bats and you'll be fine. I just, I'm so tired of it. It's been a while since I've gone on a COVID rant. Like, this is how ridiculous it is, is we're not going to send people somewhere because of this, even though they're vaccinated and boosted and masked and everything else. Like, can we just listen to ourselves and how stupid we sound? And actually, by the way, I will admit, figure skating kind of can be kind of fun to watch on the Olympics just because it's pretty crazy what they do on that tiny little blade on the ice. But, man, NBC, you're con- not your commentators. NBC, you're teed up because you're just, you're idiots. But then again, you're mainstream media. All right. Let's go around the world. We will start, as we always do, with Big Ten Hoops. I think there's a lot to talk about since the last time we spoke last Wednesday. Last Wednesday, Ryan and I were salty. Michigan State just screwed the pooch at Illinois. 24-hour rule in effect. We were still salty. And that 24-hour rule was only in effect, if you recall, because the podcast, for some reason, crapped out and didn't post. Different story this week. Absolutely laid the hammer on Michigan. Overrated Michigan. NIT-bound Michigan. Maybe not even. And then albeit much to the graying of my hair and Ryan stressing out and yelling and screaming and swearing and throwing pillows and kicking things and blah, blah, blah. Found a way to win at Maryland and sits in a tie for first place. Um, You know, a road win's a road win. And, hey, I would like the Illinois game back. I'd like the Northwestern game back and be sitting there 10-0 and right now because... I would think then five and five would get you into the driver's seat to win the title. I really think fifteen and five at this point in time, halfway through the Big Ten season, is probably going to win it. Maybe sixteen and four might win it outright. Um, so some great stuff there. Plenty of other thing, Big Ten stuff to talk about. Ryan, um, give us a rundown of what's what since we last talked. Who's your team of the week? How are our lineups doing? All that good stuff. Yeah. So Thursday, um, the day after our pod, Purdue um, beat Iowa. Um, at Carper Hawkeye, Wisconsin won on the road against Nebraska. Ohio State won on the road against Minnesota. All ranked teams, easy wins for them. Um, Friday, no game. Saturday, Michigan State. Uh, roughs for, rough first half, then at the end kind of picked it up. And then second half just absolutely put the clamps on Michigan's on Michigan's offense. And Michigan did not know what to do because, oh, wait, all they do, their offense is throw the ball into Dickinson and let them headbutt people. Um, Throw elbows, flail, Michigan whatever. Michigan State played with with great passion. Um, that's what I was complaining about. They look they're playing hard against Illinois. It looked the complete opposite um, on Saturday against Michigan. Played with with a lot of energy. Looked focused. They looked ready to go. Um, you know, they're Joey Hauser diving on the floor. He's played great the last few games. Hopefully, he can keep this up. Um, AJ Hogard played his best game in a Michigan State uniform. Probably the last um, best game we'll ever right, see. Right. Right. Gabe Brown continues to struggle. Oh, my gosh, he's bad. He's bad. He's been so bad since the new year. Yeah, let me say this. So I bad. said this to Ryan. A cold night from Max Christie doesn't bother me because of all the other things that he does. He plays defense. He's become a really pretty solid passer. They're getting him in the pick and roll more. Gabe Brown all of a sudden doesn't play defense. He doesn't drive to the basket. His Jump shot's kind of broken whack anyway, and it's nothing but short and has been short for weeks. I think he's something like, what, Ryan, three for his last 18 or something? He was like one for seven last night. I I mean, I I thought a few weeks ago, okay, Gabe was kind of starting to rise up, and he he wasn't one of the guys that had COVID. Um, I thought, okay, here's the alpha dog Michigan State is looking for. Uh -uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh. That is Malik Hall as the alpha dog. Yeah, now, he, he missed the free throw at the end of the Illinois game, but he single-handedly got Michigan State back in that game late and gave us a chance to win. He was nails again last night. Um, if we could just get Hogard and Walker to not turn the ball over. What's that stat you shared with me today, Ryan? They both have 100 assists. One has 48, one has 49 turnovers. So it's a yeah. it's a 2-1 to one assist to turnover ratio. So combined, that's, you know, like 10 assists a game versus five turnovers a game. That group should be more like 12 turnover or 12 assists a game and like two turnovers a game. I mean, because their turnovers are just dumb. I get some of them when you're pushing on the run and stuff, but I mean, AJ was AJ again last night, 0 for 4 shooting. I think he had two assists, he had like three or four turnovers. Walker at least made some buckets, and he's been kind of picking and choosing his spots to shoot a little bit more. He didn't have a great shooting night last night, um, and he. 
he plays better defense because he's got such quick hands, but it's still a work in progress from Michigan State with a tough stretch coming up, but yeah, impressive. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get back to that here. Illinois, um, close win over Northwestern with Kofi back. Northwestern, just a snake-bitten team. A lot of close games. Um, Indiana beat Maryland Saturday pretty good. Uh, Rutgers hardly sweep one against Nebraska. Um, and Sunday, Purdue weathers the Ohio State comeback, wins at the buzzer. Jaden Ivey, um, two years in a row, has beaten Ohio State at the buzzer. Uh, Wisconsin beat Minnesota in the close one. Minnesota continues to be a tough team, fighting and clawing against everybody they play. Um, and Monday night, Penn State, Iowa. Um, Penn State, big win. They're 500 now. Um, beat Iowa in double OT. Um, yeah, Penn State's not a bad team. They're, I mean, there's not an awful team in the Big Ten. Nebraska's by far, I mean, what, 0-11 now, 0-10. Um, but they, they're they competitive, too. Yeah, I mean, they last night took Michigan down the wire. Probably should have beaten them. They kind of choked. Um, uh, Northwestern closed, blew like a 25-point lead against Rutgers, won in overtime. Uh, then, of course, Michigan State, close win um, against Maryland. Did not look the same as it did Saturday. But getting back to Saturday, Michigan State, um, Malik Hall, tremendous. Um, you know, just looked like he was a man amongst boys. Played really well. Um, Bingham and, and Marble didn't score a lot, played really good defense. Um, was really happy with how Hauser played, like I said. Um, you know, I, Battled the walk Dickinson. Christie played fantastic. Michigan State looked really good, just playing with energy, focused, all that good stuff. Izzo loved it. You know, guys diving on the floor. Um, brought tears to his kiss Bingham on the cheek after he dove on the floor for a loose ball. Tears in his eyes when Hauser was getting his name chanted, yeah, rightfully just, so, for the way he was grinding and fighting in the post. I want to I want to talk about the Wolverines here. Preseason second or third best odds to win it all, Michigan Wolverines. This team is a disgrace. It's Hunter Dickinson. They, uh, this is their team. They throw the ball into Hunter Dickinson. They let him headbutt people, bulldoze, hook, all this stuff. Put his Stupid shot up there, and it'll go in because he's huge. He's seven one. Well, minus the game Saturday, where you know, well, he scored twenty five. He oh, was yeah. asked somebody, yeah, Next Ryan question. was doing. Juwan Howard, the reporter, asked him about the defense that was played. I mean, he scored twenty five. Next question, yeah, Juwan, do you understand stats? Twenty five on nineteen shots from the field. Maybe one of those was a three, so the other eighteen were point blank, and he was nine for ten from the free throw line. If you factor that out that's a potential 48 to 50 points and he scored half that that is horrible efficiency and no wonder he gets away with murder every time I don't care if he's got a guy that matches up with him size for size I don't care if he's got a guy that's a little bit of a mismatch like Joey on him he's a hack he's a hack the way he smothers ball screens he's the hack the way he sets ball screens he's a hack in the post no, Izzo's about one of the only coaches that doesn't cry and call for a stoppage to look for a an elbow to the face or a hook and hold every three seconds. Howard did that a couple times during the game. Ryan, you, Ryan and I didn't watch it together, but Ryan texted me and said that he saw on Twitter BQ from the Athletics said that the, mon, the officials were at the monitor during a timeout because Sadie Washington claimed that Gabe Brown bumped him on the way off the floor, or whatever. Stop being pussies. Freaking man up. They don't know. How you, your head coach can't coach. He can recruit. He, you know what he is? He is Penny Hardaway, but yeah. a tad bit better. That's what he is. He's the same if thing. If he's better. I mean, what? It's the same I thing. Mean, okay, so With he had a better team. talent. And he inherited better talent. Right, yeah. because he's, It's all leaving. Arguably, his best player is El Camino. Uh, what's Eli. his name? Eli. And that's a beeline guy. Like, that's a guy that Izzo still loves. That's a beeline guy. Now, What's his name? 14. Uh, uh, the big guy, the long guy. Diabate. He's, Diabate. A, nice He's a nice He's player. Nice He's player. an NBA guy. Houston. Dog he wasn't good. better than Max Christie in that game. No, he's not. Dickinson's just a walking hack. They're, you know, supposedly. They're poorly coached. Great, yeah, they're, I'm telling you, we've been saying it for weeks. They're a poorly yeah. coached team. This is why they're 11 and 8. They're probably going to miss the tournament. Their next three games. At Purdue, at Penn State, which is not easy, home against Purdue. That's yeah. I think that should be three. They have teams. talent, but they are very, poorly very coached. Poorly coached. They play no defense. They're lazy. They don't have an identity. And they, they this is, uh, you can't just go out. It's the same thing as Penny. You can't just recruit the top guys and be like, oh, they're really good. no. These guys don't fit what you want to do. This is they have no identity. It's it's disgusting. Yeah. And Juwan Howard. Oh well, I won here. Well, yeah, yeah 30 he, years ago. He was dude. an ass bag in the press conference. Like, dude, take it with some humility. Michigan State handed it to you. He doesn't know, how. He doesn't know how. And who cares that you won when I was a 
sophomore at Michigan State. Who cares? I mean, yeah, at the time we cared, but what what credentials does that give you? He has no credentials. You beat Michigan State once because that same year, Sean Resper torched you, and in Ann Arbor and, and beat you there. So cry me a you know river, whatever. You just dude, just shut up and learn how to coach. Go back to the NBA where you don't have to coach, where guys just kind of they roll it out and they go, or go in the AAU with Penny. Yeah, it's it's absurd. Um, I, I just don't understand. I mean, I do understand why he acts that way. I mean, he's... He thinks that's what's going to draw recruits, but then he can't coach them up. Like, these guys aren't ready for the pros. Even as guys that have left early the last couple of years, what are they doing in the pros? Nothing. What are they doing? So, this is a fun stat that I saw. I credit Fox Sports for, for it. Um, so, um, Keon Coleman had that nice bucket at the end of the Michigan game, like, drove through Michigan's whole starting five. That was awesome. Yeah, with our walk on So, there, yeah. Keon Coleman is the first... Um, player on an AP top 10 football and basketball team to score a touchdown and to score a, a field goal in the same seat in the same season since Charlie Ward at Florida State the year he won the Heisman. And Ward was a hell of a basketball player too. I mean, he played in the NBA. So that's that's crazy. That's a crazy stat. Love that stat. Yeah, I mean, that was great. Like at the end, Diabate is talking trash. He's, you know, like, Getting oh, right up in Christie's face because he blocked his shot. Great for you, dude. You're down 16 or 17 at that point. And, I mean, Howard, you, you're too, what are you, too proud to put in your walk-ons when you were getting your ass pounded the last two minutes? Usually that would be walk-on time. I mean, how did it feel to have five foot three Steven Izzo out on the, the floor? Human victory against, cigar. Yeah, the human victory cigar against your starters in a beatdown at the Breslin. Bring it on. You want to play us again on your terms, which is basically what's happening. If you've missed the news, Michigan State-Michigan Part 1 did get rescheduled, and it's a hellacious four-game stretch for Michigan State to close the season now. But Izzo's like, screw it. We'll take it, right? We'll take you whenever, wherever. It's a midst of four straight home games for Michigan, blah, 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 blah. Fine. We'll beat you by 25 at your place. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Speaking of Big Ten, uh, last thing here, starting five, uh, I did not update last night um, after the games, but as of Monday after the games, um, I was I'm winning by four, um, and 50 total games have been played between us, uh, so we're we're neck and neck. Yeah, and you you kind of went to recap. You went a little bit more of the guard forward lineup, the Davises, yeah. the Ivies, Davis whatever, and I went more of the bigs lineup. So it's kind of an interesting study in in how that kind of stuff breaks down. Um, you know, when you factor in points, assists, blocks, you know, and um, re- yeah, rebounds per game is, you know, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, but absolutely. I had a couple other points, Ryan. I don't know if you had any other. I'm done. Just big basketball 10. at large. Big, big, or just basketball. Auburn's still really good. Kentucky is also very good. Kentucky Smoke Kansas, Kansas at the fog, which is almost it's impossible to do. to do. Texas Tech is a legit team. I'll tell you that. Last night, Chris Beard's reunion, not so friendly reunion yeah let me let me read you this quote from a great story in the athletic today regarding that game again if you're an athletic subscriber go read this story if you're not like let us know and we'll send you one of our you know free months things that you can check out and then we can get a little bonus if you sign up because you'll be hooked i mean they have they have great stuff this quote stood out to me in this article i read today this is regarding the Texas-Texas Tech game last night. And so, backstory, Chris Beard obviously left Texas Tech after five very successful years to go back to his alma mater. And Red Raiders fans are still kind of butthurt about it. It got a little crazy when the team bus came in and left oh, for yeah. their practice night, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's cops all over the place. This is the writer's summation of that game last night, and the crowd was insane. Just imagine putting a metal bucket on your head and banging it with a hammer repeatedly. But the noise it makes is an expletive. This was the soundtrack for the return of Chris Beard. And what the article went on to say was, this didn't cease for four hours. Can you imagine? Like, even the writer was like, oh, this will die by the time, you know, halfway through the first half. No, it continued the whole time. That's why college basketball is the best right there. Anything else on basketball at large? I just have a couple bullet points to burn through. I always just kind of write down some notes to myself of just things to talk about, whether they're to expand on or just some random thoughts in this graying head of mine. A couple things. The back-to-back 
timeout to TV timeout and hoops are flat That's stupid. Awful. Why are we doing that? Somebody, you know, a coach finally relents and calls a timeout with 4.02 left. And then we turn around on the next stoppage and we have a TV timeout. Like, really, you ESPN, you're that greedy that you have to run that many more commercials? Can that just stop? Yeah. I got to say that some of my buddies might not agree with this with me. They kind of think that he picks on us. I think Robbie Hummel is probably, and he's on not on just ESPN, he's on Fox, he's on FS1, he's on Big Ten Network. He is an incredible analyst and does a really, really nice job. I enjoy listening to him. Um, this was a point I made to Ryan last night, and then actually Hummel made it during the Michigan State-Maryland game because Michigan State's bigs kept getting caught in this, and I see it almost every game I watch now. The fouls on bigs in the screen and roll at the top of the key are not the bigs' fault usually. Now, if it's Dickinson and he's you know getting his hip out there, whatever stationary, that's different. But like last night, Marble got caught called on it a couple times. Um, Bingham got called on it. When the point guard doesn't wait to set it up and let the big guy get stationary and not have to reach and move, Ryan used to get called on this all the time because you're you're told as a big catch a body, right? Yeah. Let the point guard. But the point guard's got to set you up. So point guards, freaking slow down, watch film, wait for your screen to get there, and stop putting your big men in a position where they're getting in foul trouble. Um. I said this a little bit in the, I think in my open, maybe, or no, I said this in the Imani part. Akins, if you're a Michigan State fan and you watch, that dude just glue. makes hustle plays. He is a glue guy. He's the kind of guy you need on a team that can make a run. And by the way, Michigan State is one of what, I think, Ryan, you shared it. Maybe we talked about this on the pod in the past. One of 13 college basketball teams that's currently in the top 40 efficiency for offense and top 25 for defense or vice versa in like the last 30 years the national championship has been in the top 40 and top 25 in those two categories. And Aikens is a reason why Yeah, he can get hot once in a while and make some shots like he did at Wisconsin, but he just does. I mean, he's, he's what, what I can't remember who said it. There was a, an announcer or coach that said it. He's, he's an OKGs, our kind of guy. He's a, he's a tough SOB. He makes the right plays. He, you know, he's trying to get more playing time. You can tell he busts his ass. Defensively, offensively, trying to get tip outs, making the extra the he had smart a big tip play. Out last I mean, night. he that guy is going to be a four year player that is going to be phenomenal. And phenomenal. he's super athletic. He looks smaller than, and he'll six, probably three, be six, a point four. guard in the future. To be honest, if he gets his right. handle down, that's going to be a point guard. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's a player for Michigan State, and he's the kind of guy that's going to help them. He's a he's a Matt McQuaid and Arns, a you know a guy like that who's a key player on a team that makes a run. Um, another thing, Ryan had a stat last week and he couldn't remember what it was. So I'm going to do the best that I can and try to go back and figure this out exactly. This was as of last week after we were PO'd with the Illinois game, but something like Michigan state had given up 271 points on 284 turnovers or somewhere in that range. Those two numbers stick out to me. I don't, I might have that. So imagine that, like imagine how many points Michigan state is giving up on turnovers and understand first that they only have four losses, but then understand how they probably should have one loss, maybe two. I mean, and they they did a better job in the first half last night, and then they turned it over later last night. They've got to get a get a handle on that. Um, then the last thing I had in my notes is just basketball related. Is happened three times last night in the last two minutes of the game. Replay stoppages for crying out loud! If you can't tell on the first look and it's not clear, stick with your original. Don't break it down to the, well, the thumbnail changed the rotation of the basketball by one one millionth of a rotation, and it's very clear that, no. If you go to the monitor and it's very clear that, oh, a white hand touched it, and there you know, it was a white hand and a black hand there, and a white hand touched it, or it's very clear that you know it bounced off the knee of the guy that was driving the basket. Some things are really clear. If it's that close, go with your original gut. We had Coach George on here before who's been an official, who's trying to get me into trying to be an official, and he's like, you got to go with your gut, and more times than not, you're right. they got to do that. I'm tired of the extra. I mean, you basically added 20 minutes to the game last night, Michigan State-Maryland, for no reason at all. All right, college basketball side. Lots more college basketball coming in the next few weeks, obviously. We're less than six weeks from Selection Sunday. NFL playoffs. All right, Ryan. It's, I mean, it's probably, there's, we were just down to two games, another Best great weekend. Ever. What's, you know, who or what in particular stood out to you watching those two games this weekend? I think the the fight that the uh, the Bengals showed, I think that was the biggest thing to me. I mean, got down big, on the road, 
Chiefs have made it to two straight Super Bowls, trying to make it. Three. Chiefs trying to punch it in and make it what, like twenty eight three at the and half they or something them like that. And changed yeah. the momentum, uh-huh. and you know, Bengals are in the Super Bowl, and the the Chiefs aren't. I thought it was awesome. And with that game, by the way, the five game that four games preceding that one and that one had all been decided on the last play. Is that and. The Rams 49ers very well could have been, too, yeah. if not for that kind of crazy interception Joe, at the end. Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, my man, Joey B, um, Super Bowl bound, rooting for him. Here's my stat, fantastic. and I said this to Ryan. We were having this conversation during the game. Before Tony Romo said it, I said, Ryan, who's name me anybody who's won a national championship and a, a Super Bowl championship. And I had to go look, too, because I didn't know. It's the Joes. Joe Montana, Joe Namath. Those are the only two that have done both, and Joe Burrow could do that. A guy that had to transfer from Ohio State because he wasn't good enough to take the starting job there. And, oh, by the way, he would be, if Bengals win, I think the first ever national championship college-winning quarterback, Super Bowl-winning quarterback, and Heisman winner ever. I mean, wow. And I saw somebody on TikTok who was funny. It was a Lions fan was saying, oh, man, I wish we could have the number one quarterback who did great things and had great stats and whatever, and then we'd go to the Super Bowl, too. Yeah, that was Matt Stafford, who's a very similar type of player. Uh, we know where that ended up with the Lions. but um, Yeah, speaking of that, Stafford, so happy and proud of him, um, proved that the Lions organization is trash. The Fords are trash. That's exactly what it is. Um, you know, first year, a year after getting traded, Goes to the wins to go to the Super Bowl, unbelievable for him. Another great game. Um, Jimmy G looks like he's on his way out of San Francisco, saying they're going to trade him. I don't know how that's going to end up because Trey Lance is complete garbage. Yeah, where's where's Jimmy going to go? I mean, he toughed it out, hurt. Yeah, the last pick was it was desperation. And look, his guy could have maybe even caught it and kept it alive. It is what it is. You you can't blame that loss on him. I mean, he was playing with a bad yeah, shoulder played, and a played, torn yeah. up thumb on his throwing he did hand. What he could. You know, did what he could. The Rams have a good defense, and the Rams are balanced. They've got a good offense, too. Um, where does he go? I mean, who needs a quarterback mm. next year? I'm sure there's more. We'll the, talk about it more at the draft. But Yeah, I mean, the for off the top of my head, the Buccaneers. Um, oh, yeah, obviously, Saints, with Tom Brady the, gone. The Washington Commanders, newly minted. Yeah. Um, possibly the Giants. Um I think the Titans might be getting rid of Tannehill, so possibly there. Um, possibly the Texans. Um, I mean, if, if Russell Wilson gets traded, I guess you go to Seattle. Um, he's going to go somewhere because he's. If you put the he's right, a winner. He by really himself, is. by himself. I mean, he was what he had been six and zero against the Rams yeah, going into that game in he his career with the 49ers. I mean, he's he's not like a by himself guy that's going to carry you. Broncos maybe as well. Um, but yeah, a team that's close. I think he. I think he's a serviceable guy. I mean, maybe maybe the Bucks have enough pieces and parts to, to drop him in there. Hey, he was Brady's understudy in New England before he got traded to the 49ers. Yep. So I'm kind of – I'm honestly surprised and disappointed that Brady walked away. He said earlier, you know, I'm going to play till I'm 50. I think it was Giselle had more of a decision than that. I would have actually loved to see him try. I mean, but hey, you know, time's done. And I mean, seven Super Bowls, five Super, you know, Super Bowl MVPs, insane – um, I'm not sad that he's not in the Super Bowl again, to be honest, just for some new blood and a change of scenery. But um, it kind of would have been more fitting, I think, for him to ride out on the on the horse of an eighth Super Bowl win. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of, oh, here's a random thing for you. Can we talk about the Broncos, who are up for sale? The Their former owner that passed away, the family estate, is putting the Broncos up for sale. They are valued at a measly for a billion with a B dollars. Are, are you? How are you going to get your investment back on that four billion dollars? What are you going to raise your ticket price to to get your money back or to break even? I mean, holy cow! Money. That is that is a lot of cash. I mean, NFL's got its own stuff going. We kind of hinted at it with the Flores. He's suing three teams. He's suing the NFL. I don't know. I I'm kind of I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but on the surface it looks to me like sometimes it's just like right fit, best guy for the job like it should be for everything. I don't care if you're black, red, white, yellow, male, female, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like best person for the job, clearly he doesn't feel that way, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um 
it'll be interesting to see if Harbaugh really does stick with the news that Ryan said, or if he goes. I mean, I had last read on the Athletic um, just tonight that he had already kind of said goodbye to his team. So what are they going to think of him coming back? Like, are they like, oh, are you really here? You left us. I mean interesting you know it's hard because in college right like you can kind of minus reporters chasing writer you know writers and reporters chasing coaches around and getting tail numbers on airplanes the nfl's on the above board right because it's a business right so they say who they're interviewing um you know maybe you felt like you got burned by that maybe they said they wouldn't trade cousins and he couldn't coexist with a spartan who's four out against michigan I, I mean i don't know i I don't know if that he would have been the greatest fit. Someone like it. Someone. This is what someone on Twitter said. This is the Jim. What Jim Harbaugh basically did. I promise to stop talking to better looking girls on Snapchat. I'm totally committed to this relationship. That's what he did to Michigan. I mean, he did. Um, So true. That's a great analogy. I I think that. Well, it says that the Vikings kind of dipped on him because they said he's just so unpredictable, which he is. I mean, he. Oh, I'm not going to go to the NFL. I'm going to go to the NFL. I'm not going to go to the NFL. He's a nut job. Yeah. And now Michigan fans are, oh, he's back. We knew he'd be back. Oh, the Savior is here. You're doing that because you knew the best coach you could get was Mike frickin' Hart. Or Josh Gaddis. Oh, or, uh, gag me I with mean, a spoon, you losers. I, really, I, I would like to throw that out there. Michigan fans who, if there are any that listen, hit Ryan. Give him, give him your idea. Who would you hire? I mean, and be realistic. Don't say, well, you wouldn't say John Gruden anymore, but don't say... Brian Kelly or Urban Meyer or whatever. I mean, realistically, who would you have gotten at this point? Now, Michigan State got a gem, obviously, in Mel Tucker in, in February, so it's not the end of the world. And, yes, you've got some cachet behind your name, but realistically, who would you have gotten? Who would you have been happy with? I don't know. Because here's the thing. is You're happy to have him back. You would have been happy to have him gone because he's 1-7 and seven against Ohio State. Ohio State is going to remember that day. This from last this past November, and they're going to hang maybe a hundred on you next year. It'll be really interesting to see, how, you know, how all that stuff goes. But anything else from the world of NFL, Ryan? Nope. All right, let's move on to spot number three. Our Mount Rushmore, set in stone. Spot number three. Ryan always gets to pick what our topic is. This time he's chosen most hated college basketball players of all time. Now. This could be a little bit of people definitely agreeing, I think, with some of these. I've got a pretty long list that I'll pare down to four. Or it could just be your personal choice or a mix of both. Chances are probably we all kind of hate the same guys. But, Ryan, you get to go first. Uh, number one, hard show. I mean, not hard. I mean, I, I also have a, kind of a laundry list. But Grayson Allen, former Blue Duke. Yeah, just recently Duke broke somebody's arm or something, or yeah, wrist broke, in the NBA. Uh, Caruso's wrist, and he only got suspended like a game. The dude is a clown. He's tripping, and he's got throwing these tantrums on the sideline, and he pouting, crying. What a, I hate that guy, man. I'm, I'm going to give you two. stand him. I'm going to give you two that are, I bet you are on your list. Well, one for sure would be on your list. That one's a modern day Grayson Allen, or even more modern day. He's a college day. Grayson Allen, it was the same BS. And the other one, every Michigan State fan knows why on this one. Dirty SOB. First for me, Teddy Dupay. That leg whip on Mateen Cleaves in the 2000 National Championship game does not get talked about enough. Of That was not a natural motion for his leg. He leg whipped and tried to hurt Mateen and... Sorry, Florida, it didn't work for you, but Teddy Dupay. Well, if you, also, if you look back one. at the video, he tried to do the same thing later in the game to Mo Pete. He shoved him when he went up for a was just too. Pete was too strong, but he tried to do the same thing to yeah. shove him. Cheap. I have no place in the game for guys like that. Number two, I'm sure this guy's on Ryan's list, and he plays today, and he's played for nine years at Wisconsin, Brad Davidson. Yeah. You watch him. Just sit there and watch him. Every dirty time on offense and defense. He's grabbing jerseys and pulling guys to make it look like they're traveling. He's getting in a chicken wing. He's hooking and holding. I mean, granted, he gets away with a lot of it, but I'm not going to say good for him because it's dirty. And one of these times he's going to hurt somebody in a serious way, kind of like Dupay did at least temporarily for Mateen. And there's just no place for it in college basketball, period. No, Get it out of the game. That's garbage. Fine. I mean, I can't believe that coaches don't send this into the Big Ten officiating office to look at and to watch for 
Like, fine, assign a fourth guy that off the court that's just going to be constantly monitoring for it. Get rid of guys like that. There's no place for them there, in basketball. Yeah, there's absolutely no place for that in this game. All right, Ryan, um, next two are yours. Next two, tough. Um, I'll, you probably have him on your list, the rosy-cheeked Aaron Kraft. He wasn't even uh-huh. like he was like a dirt. He just was annoying. Annoying, yeah. He, yeah like yeah. he was literally at Ohio State for so long. He had the brokest jump shot I've ever seen. Like he was just a pest. Like just annoying. He was mm-hmm. not even good, but he was somehow good. I don't know. Yeah, I would annoying. agree. Annoying. I did then, not have him. On then the a list. guy that I just didn't like because you know Michigan State could never beat him when they played him, and that psycho T Tyler Hansbro, oh. that bastard. Like when Duke smashed his nose because oh. they hated him too. Oh my gosh, he was yeah, he so was, annoying. He was very, very hateable, that's so for sure. Annoying. Didn't pan out in the NBA, but he was a, a really, really good college player. Yeah, he was, and annoying. And my, probably my next two uh, on my list, I mean, anybody my age or close, how can he not would go with Christian Leitner? He was he was he was great as a college basketball player. Obviously, won two national championships at Duke, but he was an ass. He was a clown. He was dirty. Couldn't stand him. And man, my other one, I could do a toss up. I could go with another Dukie in there, but I'm not going to. And I could go with really anybody in the Fab Five. I'm going to go with Jalen Rose. Just something about his crackhead looking bald dome misshapen, goofy teeth, just the smirk on his face, grabbing his nuts at the, you know, then Judd's jungle, you know, pre-zone at Michigan State. Like, dude, come on. Act like you've been there before. I I don't know that he was as universally hated. The Fab Five together was universally hated. I mean, you could kind of just carve out five spots for them in general. But if I'm going to pick one guy there, I'll, I'll lay off a little easy on Chris Weber. Even though he's joked at Michigan State, he he has the infamous timeout where he just looks like a buffoon and a moron for the rest of his life. So I'm going to go Jalen Rose as my fourth. Yeah, I this spot's tough for me. I have four guys. I mean, I, I'm just doing more guys from my lifetime. I'm sure there's hundreds more, like Patrick Ewing. No one liked him. Bobby Hurley. He was a winner. That's why. Uh, yeah, Bobby Hurley. Yeah, uh, this is tough. I'll say I'll say a Michigan guy, Mo Wagner. Oh yeah, I had him on my list. Zip clown bag. Smirk again. Anybody who smirks, I just want to punch him in the face. You see, it was so annoying. His tongue out all the time. Is this, did you do all yours? Is that all? Yeah, the, you have one more. Honorable, uh, no. Oh, you got all yours. Honorable yeah. mentions: JJ Redick, of course. Oh, yeah, another goofy. Another annoying. Marshall Henderson of Ole Miss. Um, just a clown. Eric Devendorf of Syracuse, another absolute clown. Any any guy. For the most part, now I, any white guy. I'm not trying to sound like this is probably sounds racist, but any white guy who wears a headband. Dickinson had one on oh, early cool. against Michigan State. That pisses me off, dude. McKay, McCauley or whatever for Rutgers. Yeah, that guy. He's, he, that pisses. It just. I just automatically don't like you. I do. I just don't like Cash. You could pull off the headband. Loved you. Um, Travis Walton, when he wore one, loved you. Shannon Moeger, Shannon Brown. But I'm sorry, you are a try-hard wannabe if you are a white guy wearing a headband. And between, we'll throw Dickinson and the only guy they can pull off is 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 Tanner Groves, UConn Cornelius of. Oh yeah, when you've got like a mop of red hair like that, fine. But like Dickinson with long pants. Adam Morrison didn't even have one. He's another guy that hated the. Oh yeah, no, he did wear one, didn't he? I think he did. He, may he have might have worn, like, on. the girl soccer headband. I don't that know. That guy was ugly as hell. He <laughs> was know. so good. Oh, Such man. Such a good player. All right. Enough of Mount Rushmore. We'll go back to a little bit of football talk in spot four. Let's talk a little bit of college football. We'll call it, like, the hodgepodge. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with the portal, with recruiting, that type of stuff. One quick thing that I'll talk about, it's been kind of bandied about lately, is the Big Ten is seriously looking at, starting in 2023, dumping divisions which personally I think would be the right thing to do. Um, Keep rival, protect You know, protect your rivalries. I think they're talking like three protected games a year. There's some debate on maybe who the third team is for some of those or whatever, but most of those are clear. And then then the rotation is, is it, you know, for the other – they would go back to an eight-game schedule um, and then maybe presumably like do a round-robin thing at the end where you kind of play like one – seed it out, right? One and two play, but then three plays 14, 
four plays 13 and so on down the road. I, I don't know how they're figuring that part in, but I personally think it's the right thing to do. There's so much imbalance in the divisions, and as soon as they reshift it, the reason Michigan State's not in the West is because we wanted to protect our rivalry with Michigan, which, of course, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's an in-state rivalry. Why would the Big Ten even think about breaking that up? Right. Um, but as soon as you shift it, things are going to shift, right? It's just the human nature. Like, you can chase it. They kind of did that when they had the legends and leaders, and then they went to the East-West. Um, you could look north-south. I mean, you could look any number of ways. Just scratch it. They don't have divisions and hoops. Just figure it out. You, you can find a way to make it competitively balanced and run from there. That's that's one thing, Ryan. I know you follow the portal and recruiting, and Michigan State's done some damage in both lately um, and just in general yeah. some stuff. Yeah, Michigan State's killing on the recruiting trail, both in the portal and through just uh, high school guys. Um, two commits today, number nine class for the class of 2023 so far, three four-stars out of four commits, really good. Portal got some some good guys this week that will be instant impact. Um, yeah, Portal's been really good. Caleb Williams just committed to USC, I think it was yesterday. Uh, that's huge news. Um, USC all of a sudden is a player out west. I mean, they've got. Yeah, their defense is really bad, but, I mean, with that with that dude as their quarterback, I mean, anything's possible. That's what they were at Oklahoma, though, right? Like, they didn't have a great defense with him at Oklahoma, and they it's had true. a great offense. So, I mean. Yeah, the portal's been really good. I mean, a lot of the guys are already committed, so there's not as many left. Um, but obviously, that could could grow a lot as we're only in early. What is that? Michigan State here. got Broussard, the running back. Broussard and then Eric, uh, Eric and then a Barker, great tight end Daniel, from Illinois, David Barker or something like that. Illinois tight end, most t- touchdowns by a tight end in Illinois history. Um, so including solid, one to beat Michigan State, right? Solid guys, solid guys. We'll take it. Um, but yeah, the portals is crazy. You know. Coaching carousels is definitely slowed down. Obviously, the Michigan thing could have made that interesting, but Jim wanted to just have his circus clown show. Um, so that's over. Don't need to talk about that anymore. Um, I think that'll raise up. I think the portal stuff will raise back up after spring ball. That's kind oh, of a yeah. natural time. Without a People doubt. will kind of start to feel where they're going to go. NFL draft stuff's crazy. Senior bowls this week. The Lions are actually coaching um, there, and they're getting good look at guys, which is Good to hear. Um, Lane Kiffin and Jimbo Fisher fighting. Lane Kiffin claims he's the Tiger King portal portal Tiger King King or whatever. No, he's not. Tucker's done way more in it, and I think that's more of a a veiled shot at USC because he got a USC quarterback transfer. But then, oh, too bad. Caleb Williams then just ended up going to USC instead. And somewhere, somehow, I don't know if this is a rumor or whatever. Ryan, I know you told me about it, but there were rumors for a little while that Caleb Williams is going to go to Wisconsin. What what were they going to do? Break down their entire power eye offense and change it up like overnight with no other talent? No way that was ever going to happen. That was a smokescreen. But Lane, you're entertaining for college football, but dude, just shut up. Well, he could have been Michigan's coach, don't you know? <laughs> right, right. I'm sure that was a name that they probably would have swung for. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anything else in college football, Ryan? I mean, there's a lot going on. Spring balls kicks yeah, in. Yeah, spring balls starting soon. soon. Yeah, March. March usually. Some teams do it in February. You start to kind of some things filter out, you know. More and more kids are early enrolling. They're they're bagging their last semester of high school and coming in. Michigan State have five or so, I think, true freshmen coming in, plus you know some transfers at the at the semester break. So it's always kind of interesting to see what kind of noise you hear. I mean, it's hard to say anything out of spring ball, right? Like spring games tell you nothing. People go just because it's something to do, but um, still lots of good stuff to keep your eye on. Um, football-wise, I think the biggest names are probably out of the portal now, but like a Michigan State, I think still has two spots that they could give to transfers. I still think they're going to go after an offensive lineman or two, even if just for some proven depth, but it shall be interesting. Agree. All right, moving on to spot number five, which we've dedicated to golf, and we got an actual topic on golf that we'll talk through, but first, Ryan, how did we do last weekend um, – well, and the farmers. Well, my guys. guys both didn't make the cut. Your guys, Finau missed. Xander finished T thirty four. So you're on the board. You're winning. Nice. Um, yeah. All right. And so this week we've got the eighteen um, T Pro Am out at Pebble Beach. They play the three the three courses: Cypress, Spyglass, Pebble, and then they. It's kind of like the Amex where they everybody plays one round at the two, and then they play end up with two the final round and one other round at, at Pebble. Um, some definite guys that always play well there. Um, some names that have 
fared very well there lately. A couple guys that I thought of just taking a flyer on were like a Woodland or something. He's not playing very well right now, but obviously won the U.S. Open there. Um, Ryan, who you got this week as your twosome? Yeah, I've got Cameron Tringali, a guy that um, has played well. Um, you know, in, in in tournaments, he's never won on the tour, um, but you know, he's he's been respectable and he's played well at Pebble. I have him up there. Keith Mitchell's my other guy. A guy I actually bet on last year um, in a tournament where he went like ten under in the first like twelve holes and then choked, of course. But he's my other guy. Yeah, I got Seamus Power, the old Irishman. Seamus from Family plus twenty one hundred, and then Kevin Kisner, who I really like. His daddy. Uh, it ain't a hobby. I I uh I just I don't know. He was in the PGA. He was in contention yeah, there, right? Last year. Good. I I like he's him. I like good. his game. He's a good um, guy too. He's a good ball striker. I think that uh, he's got a chance there. Pebble. A lot of it depends on the the weather. It's usually chillier because it's Northern California. Always a fun one Plus to watch. The Bill Murray's in there. You know, you got all the CEOs of the different companies that can pony up the coin to play in that. The old Bing Crosby Open, basically, is what it was, but. It'll be a fun one to watch back to Thursday through Sunday this this week. Kind of threw me off my game last week that the tournament was over on yeah, on Saturday. Weird. But um, but getting on to just more golf that's not talking about tournaments because if you don't watch it all the time, you don't care. I, I just thought this was interesting. I mean, as being part of members of GAM, not GAM as in G-A-M-M, but GAM, G-A-M, Global, or Global, Golf Association of Michigan, as Ryan and I both are with our handicaps, Get a free subscription to Golf Magazine and get a daily email with stories and tips. And I kind of find myself reading them usually in droves because I kind of put them to the side and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, I'll watch that. Well, one thing that got my head, my my um, my radar up this week was Lee Trevino declared war on slow play in 1973. So that's 49 years ago. I was born in 1973. Would his 10 solutions help now? So I thought we would, we're not going to read through his solutions in general, but I, I just wanted to kind of get it out there, Ryan. Ryan and I are notorious. We're both Quit. fast players. We don't take a lot of practice swings, maybe if it's kind of a crazy setup shot, whatever. But we are like hit it and go. Like what's the what's the point of all these practice shots and whatever? We That's probably our biggest gripe on the course is when we've got a slow group that yeah. will let us play through, and it's slow and slow and slow. So let's talk about, I'm going to throw these out you, Ryan, and get your take yes or no as if you think it's a good idea. So this is back again, 49 years ago. And think about how maybe some things have changed in 49 years. So back then, back then, his number one was shorter courses. Or just do not play the tees you shouldn't be playing. Right. I mean, that's a pretty... Like, courses have obviously gotten longer because equipment is so much better. Golf balls. I mean, think about a 1973 golf ball versus now. Like, the old Bladas, Chris, you'll remember this. You know, they you if you got that thing thin, you put a big old smiley face on it, and that was out the window. Golf balls are just more sturdy. Equipment is incredible. All these different things. And courses just keep getting longer to pin in the really good players. But the thing is, is then that just makes the machismo come out and guys are playing the blues. You know, let's just say like here at Boulder Creek on the course we live on, there's a red, a gold, a white, a blue, and a black. And there are a lot of people playing the blues that should be playing the whites. And especially as I get older, I, t- I remind Ryan, our approach is let's look at the slope and the rating and not the yardage because yeah. let's be realistic. I think the average drive in the U.S., and back then, interesting, the average handicap nationally was 16 in 1973. Now? It's now is a 14.8. Than so it's not that much different, and courses are a lot longer, but I agree, shorter, maybe not shorter courses, but playing shorter tees for sure. So, yes, we agree on that. His second one, fewer bunkers. Yeah, I mean, I don't hit him in there, but yeah. Yeah, just don't get in there. I mean, that I guess that doesn't... Or if you're stuck in it, just like after three shots, just pick the damn ball up. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah, like if you... I mean, that's where if you have a handicap and you play to the gam rules, which is pretty much a triple bogey, um, yep. you know, on any hole, you can't put that over your card anyway, so you just, you just pick up, right? Like, I mean... If you're in a competition, you just have to call it a, you know, if it's match play, you just lost the hole with your partner, right? Like if you have to pick up. Um, I don't mind the sand. I think visually it's it's 
cool to look at in a lot of courses. I think courses have done a nice job of just tricking your mind visually with sand. I don't find that it's that difficult to get out of. I'm not that great of a sand player, but I don't I don't think that's that slows down golf. No. Number three he had was more rangers. Yeah, I mean sometimes that gets annoying. Or rangers that just say something. Yeah, or they actually do something. Like a Boulder Creek, they don't do anything. Like just driving around and being seen. Okay, you speed up for two seconds. This is like, guys, hey, you got to keep pace in front. I mean, that's all you have to say. You don't have to be a jerk about it or whatever. Um, some courses have clocks. Like, this is where you should be on your yeah, thing. Or well, I think that's I, that's what I was thinking. You know how sometimes it'll be like, you're this much behind the play, like pace of play. Like, there should be like a warning that says, if you do not pick up your pace of play, you will be removed. Right, or Something yeah, like or that. whatever. You'll be charged extra. I mean, there's got to be. They have all this technology on carts. Send it to your phone, whatever. Um, more rangers, maybe, maybe not. Um, an end to honors. So the age-old, tried and true, waiting for. Well, Ryan, you know, you get to go first because you won the last hole, and that's not as I don't think slows things down as much as like, well, you're ten feet out, but I'm twelve feet out, and like, yeah, that's no, annoying. just play ready golf. ready golf. I mean, yeah. agree on it, right? Just don't hit and not pay attention to be oblivious to your partner, but I mean. I would agree with an end to like traditional honors. Yes, there's, it's a gentleman's game, and just agree to what your gentleman's rules are. There's a great TikTok series, and I have been admittedly not on it as much lately. But there's a guy that says, you know, basically starts out golfers. What's a what's a rule of golf that you ignore when you play? And there's some really good suggestions in there, and some of them have to do with, with, uh, things like pace of play. Um, number five, park your cart at the back of the green. Yes, freaking please. Like, how many times, oh. Ryan, have we been like we're waiting Lord, and waiting, no. and somebody's got to saunter back, or that all their clubs are on the front of the green, and it's a th- you know that's like eighty paces to the back of the green, and it's up a hill. It's bring your shit with you. Yeah, park that's... your cart at the back, or at least parallel with the hole, because as soon as you're to your cart, then I'm gonna hit. And I'll yell four if I hook it or if I slice it, depending on, you know, or push it, depending on where which side of the green your cart's on. But, like, come on. That's just common decency and courtesy. Yeah, <laughs> you agree with that? I completely agree. All right, Ryan, we kind of talked about this one. Fewer practice swings. Yes. I, you see the guys, uh, our, our favorite line is the practice swings. They wait for the green to clear, and they duff yeah. it five, and they look at, like, what? Like, was it? You got, like, it 260. Was, it was worth the wait. It's kind of like, I'll, I'll say it this way. Best three would of my entire existence of golf at Harbortown, like I smoked that thing like two seventy five. I mean, insane on number eighteen. That wasn't a case where I was waiting, but that doesn't mean that the next time I'm two seventy out on a par five with a chance to get there in two, that I'm going to hit that thing two seventy. Probably never going to happen again. Like, be realistic, right? Like, or in that case, you're probably going to roll it up on somebody. Just apologize, but yes, fewer. Just quit dinking around with all the practice swings. If, if the shot's that difficult, okay, I get it a little bit, but come on, we, we gotta speed things up. Yeah. All right, this was an interesting one. He says, "Stop marking your ball." No, I don't. I mean, I I, I agree with that. If if your ball is not blocking somebody, and you're like, I I don't know. I, that, I don't know about that one. If you're in the line of play, you should definitely mark it. Yeah. I think his point was, like, when, like you have to, it, like, when you have to mark it and move it, and people don't even remember to move it back and all that stuff. Your I mean, ball and stuff like that is, is But do it. Play. That's where if you're playing ready golf and you just clean your ball and you get it going, and, you know, just be mindful and be fast. So I don't know if stopping marking your ball is going to speed up the game, but <laughs> waggles. So he says in his two waggles, max. Sergio was notorious for this. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Off the top of my head now, that's kind of a grip, regrip, you know, waggle around. You know who does it a lot, actually? Cantlay. He doesn't he does. slow, doesn't necessarily do it slowly, but yes, in general, I have a problem. If you're that freaking fidgety and agitated when you play, just get out of my way. Or let me play through. Like, anything like that that's a time waste is annoying, especially to be behind it. <laughs> Number nine, he says, no more television acting on the greens. What's that mean? Like taking all kinds of practice strokes and looking at the, you know, like I get it, looking at from di- like yeah, different but angles, no but like Tiger pacing it off and doing the four finger, whatever that thing is that some guys do, and the, you know, that. they've got all the different things that they do that they see pros do, and they're like, I got to try. You don't even know, but like find your thing. Like I don't even know how accurate the plumb bob that I 
do is, but that's what I do. That gets me lined up. I line up my ball and I go. Like, just pick one and do it. Don't try to emulate all these golfers, I think is what he's basically saying. Um, this was an interesting one, so I'll explain this one. He said, allow partial par 3 playthrough. And that would be, because par 3s do tend to be where it gets stacked up. So Ryan and I are playing, and say there's a group, you know, a foursome ahead of us. In that case, they'd probably let us play through completely. Let's just say there's a twosome. And they're kind. we're kind of on their heels a little bit. They hit up, and then once they're on the green, they wave you up to hit up. And then as you're driving up or walking up, then they putt out and go to the next hole. It seems like that would keep things moving a yeah, little bit. I, like I mean, it that. may stack up on the next hole, but um, I don't know. I think something like that could be helpful. But look, the bottom line in all reality is just and there's been a golf boom because of covid and it's great which great in some ways it's harder to get tee times and it's busier on the golf courses so i don't necessarily like that but just have common human decency and courtesy like if you're not very good that's okay you can love golf and suck i'm not that great i'm a you know my index floats between a 12 and a 15 and a half I've got good days. I have bad days. I've had a home one. I've got days when I'll take a nine on a par three. Whatever. I, I get that. But you can play fast and suck. You can. Like, right. you just can. You just have to be courteous. You just have to know, like, all right, I'm going to pick it up because I've tried to hit it out of the bunker four times and I keep hitting the lip or whatever the case may be. That's what I think about it. That will help the game if people just, like, think. Think about it to other people around I agree. You. I like it. All right. Moving on, as our usual close, to our sprint for the week. Ryan, spot one. Will anyone ever come close to Brady's seven world titles in the NFL? I don't think so. I, not for a long time, I don't think. I just look at the parity even in college. I mean, like with the Bengals coming up out of nowhere. I mean, two two years ago they won two games. I mean, there's a lot of good quarterbacks. I just don't I don't know how it'll happen. And a combination like Brady and Belichick. That, oh, yeah. That'd be crazy. Um, is USC an immediate national title contender with a transfer in of Caleb Williams? No. I think they have too much work to do. I think they'll be a decent team. Um, you know, I think they have, a, they have a shot to be good. I just don't think it's going to be, you know, they're not going to be a playoff team. I think, I think they'll contend for the Pac-12. Um, but Utah is going to be really good again. Um, you know, Oregon will be right up there. UCLA is getting better, so I, I don't think so. All right, spot number three. You kind of actually alluded to this a little bit, and I don't share these with you, so interesting. Good, good thinking. More overrated coach, Jawan or Penny? Jawan, because he had the number one recruit. Right. And spot number four. 42 years later, and in honor of the Olympics starting this week, Best part of Miracle. Herb Brooks, in his epic quotes, many of which you wore on your basketball workout t-shirts, or the overall story of that team? Yeah, probably just the overall story, how that's just a bunch of college guys that came together and beat the the superpower of hockey, The literally a, a giant. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and watch it. It is absolutely worth it, whether you like hockey or not. Or whether you're old enough like me to remember sitting on the living room floor and watching that game unfold. On tape delay, by the way. Um, for me, will anyone ever come close to Brady's seven world titles? I just, I mean, maybe when I'm old and gray, but right now, no. I mean, you know, perhaps like had the Chiefs gotten in with Mahomes, but look, he's got to face Allen, he's got to face Burroughs. I mean, there's so many good quarterbacks in the AFC alone. I just don't see it anytime soon. And, and or a guy that's as masterful of a coach at the pro level as Belichick. Um, is USC an immediate national title contender? I think they're an immediate Pac-12 favorite, but I don't think that they're an immediate contender. I do think they have a couple of other good transfers that he brought from Oklahoma. But, I mean, as Georgia and Alabama showed, you got to be able to play a measure of defense to win a national championship. It can't just be offense. Otherwise, teams like Oregon or this year's Ohio State team would just get there. Got to be able to stop teams, so I say not a an immediate true national title contender. More overrated coach, boy. I mean, I talked about it last week. Penny is 0 for 4 on going to the dance. Juwan, he had a great recruiting class. Juwan is doing it with inherited guys. I'm just going to say they're both extremely overrated and belong in the NBA, not college basketball. 
and last spot full court and back. For me, I mean, the story is incredible, but just as a professional, as you know, a leader, as somebody that leads people, as somebody who's coached, just you could probably watch that movie, Cuz style. He did this for Caddyshack for every character and just watch it for what Herb Brooks has to say in his quotes. There are some epic lines in that. So the whole movie is great, but in honor of that, I'm going to say Herb Brooks and his epic quotes. All right, Ryan, wrap us up. Yeah. Um, balls on Twitter at the final score 35. Um, give us what Mount Rushmore's you want to hear. Um, kind of run low on ideas, so we'd love to hear them. Yeah, or if there's a movie, if there's a movie that you want us to refer to, you know, like our Sprint Spot 4, we like to throw a little movie stuff out there. Yeah. Let us know. And by the way, this is from a guy that, um, last thing in Harbaugh, that works for the Athletic um, through Minneapolis. He says, for what it's worth, I'm told that the Vikings did not make an offer to Jim Harbaugh before he left town. That mm-hmm. is exactly why he came back. Exactly. So you guys can't can just shut didn't, up. Didn't get the offer. I think he just doesn't want to touch the Dolphins with the 10-foot pole right now. Otherwise, that would be the logical place for him to go with Ross there. All right. A little shout-out to Team Anders Realtors, our year-plus-long sponsor. I want to appreciate them for supporting the show and all the support that they've given the kids over the years when they were Rockford athletes. If you have realty needs here in West Michigan, go to teamanders.com and let Jim, Donna, and crew help you out. Meantime, as Herb Brooks once said, when you pull on that jersey, you represent yourself and your teammates. And the name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. Get that through your head.